There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Dope Black Podcast. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Whenever it is you're listening to this, this is the Dope Black Dads podcast. My name is Umar, also known as The Kank, and I'm here today to talk about inflation, managing your money and coping with the cost of living when you have kids. Now, everyone knows at the moment things have gone a bit peak for everyone. You know, inflation has gone mad. Uh, You know, the amount of money that we're spending compared to what it was before it's just completely off the charts so today i've got a very special guest who's going to be talking to us about how we can kind of manage in these very trying times um i've got emmanuel asukor who is a qualified financial advisor and this guy has worked in financial services for over 15 years now he's somebody who gives financial education talks all over the uk he's spoken to over 30,000 people in the last three years which is more than what Arsenal fans get sometimes at a dead Emirates stadium. I don't know why I'm making an Arsenal reference, but there you go. <laughs> Emmanuel, are you an Arsenal fan? <laughs> See, I don't even know that. I just guessed that. <laughs> but there you go. Um, I'm not even a Spurs fan, so I don't even know why I'm doing all that hate. But no, love to all the Arsenal fans. Um, but yeah, back to Emmanuel. He's been featured in The Times, The Telegraph, The Sun, The Daily Mail newspapers, he has been invited to speak as an expert guest on the on BBC Radio on multiple occasions. You would have seen him on TV as well quite recently. Uh, he's done a lot of talks. He's been a featured as an expert for the BBC One show, Your Money, Your Life, where he helped a family save just under £10,000 on their annual household bills. I'll be hitting you up after this so you can see what we do for me as well. Uh, he's also invited to be a financial expert on ITVs this morning. So this is a person that's been in the home of millions of viewers all over the UK. He's been doing a lot of stuff with Channel 4 as well. And he has a passion for helping people. And his vision is to become the financial advisor for the nation. I salute you, my brother. Emmanuel, welcome to the Dope Black Dads podcast. How are you today, sir? Yes, Umar. I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. It's good to be here. I'm glad, you know, obviously Arsenal are winning and doing well. So <laughs> I don't care what anyone has to say. I've been waiting too long for this moment. No one can steal my joy. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> It's good to be here. It's good to be here. And I'm, I'll hopefully we share some wisdom, some knowledge and help people because I know it's a hard time out there. No, no, it, it really is. And I think I was kind of, I was looking at your Instagram pages and actually I love the tagline that you have. What is it? It's, uh, this is my only account and I won't DM you for money. Spoken like a true Nigerian. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. It's such a, it's such a cool thing. But actually, if you go on Emmanuel's Instagram, uh, once you've had a chance to listen to us, you know, he, he does give a lot of fantastic advice and tips and actually some of the videos that he's been doing has been really good as well and i think um for me kind of reading up about you and understand your profile a little bit you know you fellow east londoner like me i know you grew up in tower hamlet some if i'm yeah, correct in saying yeah. i grew up down the road in newham rap rap newham uh yeah shout out tower hamlets as well uh, <laughs> but yeah you know somebody who's educated who understands his people, understands the market, and is here to hopefully give you guys a bit more of an insight as to what he does and how he can best help you. But before we kind of kick into it a little bit more, Emmanuel, I just wanted to kind of set the scene for everyone that's listening. Um, As it stands at the moment, the Conservative government is leaving people from a black household exposed to the cost of living crisis. So the Labour Party has claimed, as a new analysis from the party reveals, that almost four in five 
have less than £1,500 in savings and a quarter have none at all. So imagine that, less than £1,500 in savings and that's four in five people have that, which is massive. Now, a new analysis was published to coincide with Race Equality Week back in February and it showed that over 1.2 million adults, which is about 78%, headed by somebody from a black African Caribbean or black British background, reported having less than £1,500 in savings and investment. Over half a million, or 24%, have zero savings. Compare that to the um, Pakistani and Bangladeshi household, they're also disproportionately affected at, uh, at the risk of soaring uh, price rises. So they have 72% and 73% respectively holding less than £1,500 in savings as the crisis bites. So in both groups, over a quarter of adults, so 27 and 28% respectively, don't have any savings. Now, when you compare this with the national average, almost half of the UK's adults report less, having less than £1,500 in savings. 15% report none at all. So that means when you put all these figures together, you have almost 10 million adults in this country from all backgrounds who have no savings at a time when rising inflation is pushing up energy, food and fuel prices. One of the things that we always talk about on Dope Black is that structural barriers that face black, Asian, minority, ethnic communities in the workplace likely to be a contributing factor to their low levels of savings. Official government statistics have shown that 8% of black people are unemployed, double the national average, while people from Pakistani and Bangladeshi backgrounds have lowest hourly pay. So 17% of people living in Asian households also have a persistent low income, which is the highest of any ethnic group. So Labour did this whole big analysis. They spent 18 months doing this. They had Baroness Doreen Lawrence, who who published a review. And in it, she kind of looked at the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 on black and Asian minority ethnic communities. So they found that during lockdown, black, Asian and minority ethnic workers were overrepresented in shutdown sectors. Pakistani and Bangladeshi workers also were overwhelmingly less likely to be employed. So when you put all of this together, This crisis does not affect everyone equally. Let's not get it twisted. People of color are heightened risk because of pre-existing factors. For example, being on lower incomes and having more insecure work. So kind of zero contract hours type of work. So when you put all of this together, it is not looking good for us. But Emmanuel, as I said, thank you. Welcome to the program. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with money, how it began. You know, how did you kind of yeah, what was your flex with money when you were growing up? Oh, good. Can I talk about what you just said, though? Go Is for it. Right? No, absolutely. Go for it. Because um, obviously you said quite a lot. And I think um, a lot of these things, I think, have to be have to be taken in context, especially to money um, culturally. So um, when we talk about, I, I being black, I'm very, I know the black community um, and I do a lot of my clients are black. And so mm-hmm. um, I feel like I'm in a strong position to talk from the black community mm-hmm. point of view. So when they do a lot of the stats, they have to also remember that yes, then when you look at it, banks might report that black black people are not having any savings, but it doesn't mean they don't have the money. So they might have the money under the bed. Mm. They might have it, like Asian community might have it in gold. Um, so what also we have to understand is that we have a much distrusting um, relationship when it comes to um, the banks or anything, anything that is mainly, you know, um, Western culture. Mm. And so what happens is, is that because we don't trust the banks, you might not feel like we want to leave our money in there. Mm -hmm. So, and also we have a lot of people want to buy back home, for example. So you talk about us not having money or whatever here, but a lot of people have land and stuff. Mm. that's not going to be on these stats or not going to be, um, included. I think when you think about black people as well, we've been having a cost of living crisis. Our our money has always been in crisis. My parents are in crisis. I did a I did a video the other day. You know, mm. I come from a place where um, we used to have bucket bath, and you had one bucket of water. Yep, I- like literally one bucket of water. Mm-hmm. There was no shower. That didn't mm. that didn't even that didn't exist. There was no shower. Like my mum never used to buy bottles of water. Mm. She would boil the kettle, let it cool, put it in a plastic bottle, put it in the fridge. That was that was the water. Mm. We didn't, we didn't have choice of food. We were eating rice every single day. Yep. Maybe a little switch up with some spaghetti. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we went to market to buy our food. Yeah. Like, I remember, I always tell people, my mum used to take me to, to Petticoat Lane Market yep. and the chickens were alive. <laughs> like, you would put the in the eye before you killed yeah. it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you understand? So what I'm saying is, is that, you know, hand-me-downs, that wasn't this new eco 
warrior thing that everyone's doing now. Mm. That was a way of life. Yeah. I used to go to my cousin's house and I would go through his wardrobe and anything that I find that didn't fit him and fit me, I'm wearing. Mm. And I'm not thinking about it as, oh, hand me down. I think this is life. Mm. I'm thinking, oh, I might get some designer clothes or I might get something that actually looks nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Other, and so the point I'm trying to make is, is that, you know, I talk about shoes. So my kids, for example, they don't understand, you know, when their shoes bust that they're not going to get a new one. Mm. They just know, oh, like my kid, we bought in the new new PP joggers, mm. joggers, went to school, come back, holding holding it, I need a new one. <laughs> like, it's impossible. Like, my wife just sold it. Yeah. They didn't even understand the concept of sewing. No. They were like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. And now because it's sewing, they feel like it's, it's dirty or it's, it's not, I don't want to wear that one yep. because... My day, we had shoe polish and glue. When your when your mouth opened of your shoe, glue it, stick it Real under there, hold it down, and you got to ride that till the summer because you got one shoe for the year. Hundred percent. So the point I'm saying is, is that I feel like we forget where we've come from. Mm. We've always been in the cost of living crisis. We're just lucky that we now are, have had the elevation from our our parents to allow us to get out of where we were, mm. and now we're experiencing a level of comfort that's now being reduced. And we feel like, oh my goodness, this crisis, how am I going to survive? You come from that. We've been surviving. Like we've been having low incomes way before. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We've been having having to do security and these types of um, cleaning and these types of jobs that are, like you said, very insecure. You get, you're getting paid cash in hand. Mm. You know what I mean? And these type, We've come from that. So what I'm saying for us as a community, this is, yes, it's a, it's a, it's a hard time for everybody. And again, that's why it's a crisis. It's a crisis because white people are in trouble. Let's uh, let's let's make it clear. <laughs> Go for it. Let's make it clear. Yeah, let's yeah. make it clear because black people been struggling. The poorest, and when I, I come from Tower Hamlets, so mm. we, white, white, black, Asian, we're all poor. We all there's no. Like I always tell people Tower Hamlets is a weird place, and you probably experience it in New York. Yeah, hundred percent. It's different. I don't really experience racism like that no. because white people tend to be the minority. Yeah, so they they couldn't really run around being racist because. They're, they're the least in, in the area. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And black culture was huge. Mm. So obviously we grew up on grime. So black culture was huge. So the Asians used to rap, the American yep. rap, you know what I mean? Yep. And and white people used to, you know, act like us. It was cool to be like us. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like Essex Cockney type. That was the, that was it. You were either black, you were, you're doing the American thing, or you were Cockney. Mm. That's all. That's how everybody was. So there's no real race to poor, poverty. Like we were all poor. We all came from poor backgrounds mm-hmm. and we were struggling. The point being is that now middle class white people are struggling and now it's the crisis. That's the difference. Mm. You know what I mean? Because people been struggling before. People been struggling on benefits and all of this type of stuff and nobody cared. So the point being is for now, for us, it's about looking at what are the things that we can go back to? Because I feel like we've been accustomed to a certain lifestyle and culture and a certain income. Mm. I think too many comfortable living on one income we don't come from one income a lot of our parents did multiple jobs to survive yeah i think it's yeah you're right and actually first time as you're saying that it's kind of resonating with me i'm thinking no you're right because our parents came to this country they were running like two three jobs i remember like my dad be getting up super early in the morning kind of out i'd hardly see him but you know he was there and now i'm thinking like right okay i'm at a point now because of their sacrifice that they've made I could wake up at like seven o'clock in the morning if I wanted to, not likely because of the kids, but I could wake up at seven, log in because I'm working from home, do my business and go off. And, you know, I know money is going to get paid and yeah, you're not thinking about it. And, and I'm kind of like, I go to the, like, even this morning I went to fill up petrol. I'm like, this is long, man. I'm paying one pound 49 for, for petrol. Not thinking that actually I can afford to do that. But in my Mm -hmm. parents' time, that wouldn't have been, an option necessarily they would have been jumping on the bus would have been jumping on the train you know even car or home ownership wasn't a thing so i think it's interesting that you say that and again i think it's interesting that you raise the point that it's white middle class that have been affected and now suddenly it's a huge crisis and actually for us in the black community we've experienced that before and we've been living through (laughs) crisis it's just that like you said we've got comfortable and perhaps we've forgotten where we came from in that respect Exactly. So for me, I feel like going forward is is really important. And you mentioned like what's my relationship with money? Mm. Like I come from struggle. Do you know what I mean? Like my my dad um, is an accountant, mm. but when he first came, he came on a student visa. Mm. 
he had to study and so forth. So they weren't allowed to work. Mm. So again, he had to do cleaning and security. If you see my dad, he's the nicest man in the world. He should never be a security guard. Mm. What can he say? He can't scare. You wouldn't say boots and boots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. Go to church. But because you're black, all of a sudden you can be, you know what I mean? You can be a security guard. Yeah. And, you know, you have to do cleaning and all these types of jobs just to get by. My mum, she was, you know, she was a dinner lady for the majority because she needed to be home mm. when we were home. Because it was important for her to be home when we were mm. home. So she did dinner lady and she did people's hair, mm. the hairdressing and all of this type of, again, just struggle. So you grow up in, you know, a place where... I used to get beat for leaving a light on. I always tell people that like, I used to get beat. If you left a light on in the kitchen, like yeah. I could get licked, yeah. licked down yep. Yep. for that. Because when you ain't got money, the light reflects money yeah. being spent. And if nobody's there, it's a clear indication that money is being wasted. And when you haven't got it, it's painful. Do you know what I mean? Because that bill comes and you have to pay it. And yet there's a light on and nobody's there. So one of those is one of those things where it was easy, and so I remember. But I used to go to bed and look out the window and see, you know, Canary Wharf and all the buildings, all the lights, everyone's gone on. And I said to myself, "Wow, I, I need to be there. They must have money. They can leave the lights on." And it's things like that where you when you talk about where I come, I come from not like when nothing. We didn't even. I tell my kids like you've got all this stuff. We used to play with sticks. Yeah. Bruh, we have to make up games. <laughs> it's find, so true. You find, you find stones that can make the ground, like put a colour in the ground. All of a sudden, you start drawing yeah. on the ground. Yep. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You start, you just, you just play with your friends and, you know, f- like do little knockdown ginger, risking your whole life knocking on a random stranger's door. <laughs> and anything. You know what I mean? No, 100%. 100%. Right, there was no TV. Was the only TV was in the living room, and you can't even. I can't even get caught with my African dad watching TV. He'll be telling you, "Did I come, get on a boat? Come all this way over here for you to watch TV?" Yeah, nice. Do you know what That's I mean? True. Can't read a book, so it was hard. It was hard. Like school trips was just a no. Like bare school trips, I didn't get to go. Mm. You know what I mean, and I had to just, I had to accept no for so long in my mm. life. It becomes a norm and, and one of the problems with that is is that it, it builds trauma it builds issues yeah. and so when you start to make money you are overcompensating you are buying stuff that i remember buying trainers and i i remember buying basketball trainers and i wasn't even playing basketball <laughs> you know what I mean? but it was just because i couldn't buy them when i was so now i'm buying i've got basketball trainers that i'm not using that i'm that, but it's like the trauma you're doing stuff unnecessarily because you missed out or you feel like and so I think a lot of it when it comes to money, especially coming from the backgrounds that we come from, is understanding that our value doesn't come from the things that we own. Uh, we're already valuable. Like when you understand that you're already valuable, that no no car, no shoe, no bag, no holiday can define your value, that you're already valuable. When, when you go through that process and you understand that, mm-hmm. all of a sudden money looks completely different. No, real talk. And I think it's interesting, like you say, because I think your relationship with money obviously growing up from what you're saying is that I had none I had no access to it so it's kind of like you know like you say no was just the standard whatever the question was it was going to be no like that's the answer so so forget it like you can run it through your mind like whatever it's just going to be no no you're not getting it is that enough why are you asking me like you know so and and so and, and that's the thing so would you say that that kind of inspired you to make the move into financial because i know you, you said as well before like you could see canary wharf from like your bedroom window so was that kind of your driver to wanting to get into financial services that was it i was like they make money over there they make money over there i didn't even understand it i didn't know about it it was just buildings like growing up when you grow up in the east you've, you've literally watched these buildings get built and you know there's a new building oh there's a new building there like do you know what i mean you watch it so it's like I know there must be money over there. And then you're at school and then someone comes and says, oh yeah, I work at Canary Wolf. What do you do? I'm an investment, this and that. And I make X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, okay. Mm. I heard none of that. No one talked like that in my house. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so for me, it was like, this is me. I don't know how I want to get there, but I got to get there. And by, and by 22, our youngest financial advisor in Barclays in the country. Mm. So, like, so, you know, because I'm really, I'm fascinated by this because, you know, you went from being from hearing no 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 to you get to 22 and then suddenly yes 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 and you've got access to finances and stuff so how was that journey for you so going from you know from that to that it was really bad Mm. really really bad because what what you have to understand is is that it's the mindset not the money yeah 
So you can give a rich per you can make somebody rich, but if they have a poverty mindset, they're still going to be poor. And you can have somebody that's poor, but if they learn how to make money and learn how to have a, a have a have the right financial mindset, eventually they'll they'll get out of their situation and change their life. And so what happens is is that I'm still in the hood, I'm still living in my parents' house, I'm still I'm still got that poverty mindset. But now I'm making more money than my pups and my uncles and everyone around me because I work in the city and I get all these bonuses and company cars and all of this. But I'm still got that hood mentality. So it took a transition of a few years, even being a financial advisor. Because mm. remember, I, I got some clients that are footballers, yeah. And um, after I speak to them and it's like, when you're a young footballer, you're now earning 10K, 15K, 20K a week. And to, to your man them and to everyone around you, you're doing bits. But you see, when you get into that first team locker and, and you're looking at man and man are earning 150k, 200k, you think you've got your new A class, which is which is looking beautiful. Yeah. But these men have got Lamborghinis. All of a sudden, it's all relative. So now you're trying to match them. Now you're on the coach. You're gambling with man that's saying, "Oh yeah, a thousand pounds. If we lose this, it's a thousand pound," which to them is nothing because yeah. they make a hundred of that a week. Mm. So you. You make twenty of that. Mm. You're not in the same ballpark. You're not in the same ballpark, the same level. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, plus you're on a, you're you not really established. They're established. They know that if this team doesn't want them, another team will mm. want them and pay them what they want. Mm-hmm. You can be let go. You're not even in. The, you're not even starting yet. So it's about understanding that for a lot of us, we make money. I most of my clients right now that I see, black women earning 75, 80, 100, 120, 150k, no savings. They've got money. They might even have, some of them even got a house mm. just because, but they don't know how to manage their money because nobody around them has ever made this type of money before. Mm. And so what happens is is that you spend it on lifestyle because guess what? Everybody around you is doing lifestyle. Mm. Everybody's going on holiday. Everybody's doing their hair. Everyone's driving a nice car. Every, all of these things is what we have. Consumerism mm. is what we know as wealth, but it's not wealth. It's actually a liability. Yeah. Do you think that that comes as a result of the trauma that you talked about before? Because I think where we've grown up in a situation where, again, the no, 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 you just, that's all you've known. Suddenly you're seeing like four or five K dropped in your account every single month consistently. And you're like, right, okay, I can go drive this nice car and I can... So do you think it's kind of like there's a it's the trauma association? So we're kind of like almost in a way we're trying to make ourselves feel better because of what we experienced yeah. growing up when we were younger. I I one hundred percent agree with that. I, I feel like for a lot of us we are buying these things, we are making these moves due to trauma, due to past and also I feel like we don't we haven't it's the value thing again. Mm. I tell people like in our can we need to start making ownership a thing. Now I, I'm lucky enough that Growing up in my career, I spent a lot of time around the Jewish community mm. and the Asian community. And when I say Asian, I mean like Indian mm, mm-hmm, community. Mm-hmm. I've had friends and yeah. colleagues and, and clients that have come from these communities. Mm. And I've learned. So when people see my mindset and the way I am, people have to understand I've taken that from other communities, which is another big problem for us. We only hang with ourselves because we're cool. Yeah. It's a big problem. Mm-hmm. It's a, I talk about it all the time. It's a, one of our biggest problems is that we are, because we are cool, because we are the culture, remember, I, I do talks in Surrey. Mm-hmm. These young white kids in private schools in Surrey, they talk like Chunks, Philly, um, Nella Rose, yeah. Harry Panero. They, that's how they talk. Yeah. They all talk like from the end. Mm-hmm. Even though they ain't been to the end, yeah. they don't know nothing yeah, yeah, about it. We are the culture, yeah. yeah? I'm on calls with Channel 4 and they're saying, anything black culture, pitch to us now. Yeah, we are the culture. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, is because we are the culture and because we are cool and it, we feel like we only need to hang with ourselves. And so we miss out on all the other experiences that other people have mm. that we can take on, the good things that we can take on and make ourselves better. Mm-hmm. And so I'm lucky. I've hung with the Jewish community, Asian community. And for them, ownership is everything. Everything. Mm. So you can't you you can't have a nice car and have a conversation with a man from the, or a woman in those communities and then not say, but what do you own? Mm. It's impossible. You see, with us, you can you can have the latest drip. You can go to a club. You can be in a nice car and and have a nice Rolex on your wrist. And we will. Oh, I must be doing well. In those communities, it's impossible. Mm. They want to know 
what do you own? Because mm. if you don't own anything, all of that means nothing. Mm. Yeah? Because they understand that this is not about you. One of the biggest problems is, is with this life is that we are focused on living, in our community, we are focused on living this life for us. We want to have a better life than our parents. Mm. And so we, we get the results and all we think about is ourselves. But we forget that our parents were thinking about us. Mm. Our parents did not enjoy you see, right now, I retired my mum, yeah? I, pay, I give her money every single mm. month. She always told me about her pension. I call her, I'm like, wow, I never knew what a pension was. You were telling me I'm your pension. And now look at life. How many years later, I'm your pension. Mm. Yeah? But our parents didn't enjoy it. Yeah. They had to deal with real racism. Yeah. They had to deal with real discrimination. They had, And it was blatant. Mm. And they were told they were second-class citizens. And they were lucky to be here. Mm. And they should keep their mouth shut. And they did all of that to give us a platform. Mm-hmm. And now all we are doing is focusing Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the life that we want, soft life. and This is what we focus on. Mm. And then we have kids and we're not thinking about the kids that what we're going to leave for them. But our parents thought about us. Hence why we are in this position today. Mm. But we're out here saying, oh, I can't, you can't live for others. We've got to YOLO, one life <laughs> to live. And what? Are you crazy? <laughs> in these other communities, the reason they are so focused on ownership is because they understand legacy. They understand that my life, the value of my life is, is, is more to do with what I can leave mm than what I can spend, than what I can enjoy. If I have not done well, if I leave this planet and my my children's children are not in a better better situation than my parents left me in, I've not done well. Mm. It's a totally different mindset. And so for us, for me, I'm really on this because I see man with with I seen a man with a with a Bentley and you live in your mum's yard on a council estate. <laughs> Bruv, you share you share a room with your bro and you're in you're in your late <clears> twenties. <throat> yeah and we're out here giving you high fives so do you think yeah you know what it's really interesting that you say that because i've seen that a lot and actually talking to other people that i you know within dope black and and in other groups i'm i'm around there certainly is i think for people now the mentality has definitely shifted for a lot of us recognizing that actually you need to legacy build that's the thing that you know i think we want to look back because like some of the people that i hang out with they're like very much they're on that whole legacy legacy now i'm thinking about i've got like these multiple streams of income building it saving it you know and i want to have things to hand down to my children so that they can kind of continue because one of the things like when i was reading about like stuff like life insurance for example it's such a big thing in the white community because it's like when mandem dies that's it okay that's going to be a nice payout 250 500 grand whatever it is you know they're going to get paid out on death that's money that's going to go to the family and if everyone else is doing that and that's happening that's how you're building up the kind of the wealth and you know the legacy and you're kind of passing it down and through that you're owning property and stuff and i just yeah it's two things on that yeah what i'd say on the life insurance one if everyone every black person in america had one million pound life insurance do you think the police will be shooting them like chickens (laughs) 
Fair point. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not going to happen. Fair point. Because the life insurance company are going to make sure that they would start taking the police to court to make sure that the police will start paying out yeah. instead of them having to pay. Number one. Number two, life insurance is one of the only ways for us to guarantee wealth. Yeah? Mm. And the thing about the white community is that they have lived experience. One of the big things of us as humans is is now where we're at now as we've evolved mm-hmm. is that it has to be real. This is why, you know, Christianity is, is struggling because we're trying to get people to believe in something that they, they can't see or feel. Mm-hmm. And we're at a society where unless i can see it feel it or experience it remember i'm you can you can be whatever you want to be you're a man you can say you're a woman and nobody can say nothing you're a woman you can go to the men's toilet nobody you can Mm. identify whatever you Mm. want right now so the thing about the white community is they have lived experience grandma has died and money has been paid out that has gone to them to enable them to now buy a house yeah so because i've experienced it i know it's not a scam yeah. I know it's not even if I don't get it even if I even if I live and it doesn't it doesn't pay out for me I know that it would pay out because I have had it have the experience of it paying out mm. and the benefit in my family and so we have to be the generation to start getting these things in place how many times does people die and we do GoFundMe GoFundMe is not life insurance no no it's true it's true. No, you're right. You're right. And I think that is certainly, I think there's something to be said about financial literacy and financial education within the black community. Because I think I look at, like you said, interesting points that you're raising about Indian and Jewish communities. I think those are two communities that have got it on lock. Yeah. Like, you know, for yes. the Indian community that came over to this country, buying up like news agents and corner shops and yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. and then they're building and pharmacies and doing all of that stuff handing it down to the children life insurance all of that yeah i i don't think i've ever met a poor indian really like in in in, in my lifetime anyway I'm, i know they exist but certainly the ones i've met you know because they know and same with the jewish community they're kind of they have that understanding so within the community but you're right within the black community and again i think it goes back to the trauma issue because we grew up with no 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 suddenly we get this money and it's like I don't want to, I just want to enjoy it. <laughs> and not even thinking about the the future impact of it. It's like, I need to enjoy now. I need to show everyone this is what I'm about, which is problematic. How often do you see, I, I'm on social media a lot, like how often do you see Indians when they buy their first house, they do the, the social media post with the key? Mm. It's normal. Yeah. It's not something buying your first house you just keep quiet what you've only got one yeah like do you understand it's a different mindset completely Mm. for us especially because again we do a lot of these things on our own when i talk about my indian clients a lot of them buy in freeze yes a lot of them buy together and so they 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 understand that we're we're stronger together because we're going to hold each other accountable Mm. it's going to get done we're all going to put our money in and even when we buy we don't have to live in it so and we don't have to move out so i've got indian friends who get married and they move into their parents yeah, house yeah, yeah. and their parents have either built something in the back garden yep. or built built something extended the house of this space mm-hmm. and so now they live together I'm, and i'm talking these guys are doctors they're not the, the husband and wife are doctors or or mm-hmm. solicitors they've got good jobs mm-hmm. but they live because they understand that my family is my first business Mm. my family is my first business so what that means is is that i sit down with people and i see brother wants to buy a house sister wants to buy a house mm-hmm. both struggling but they would never think in our community to put their money together and buy together it's it, it's too oh no i want to get mine i want to mm. whereas in other communities are like, actually we are we're, we're, we're a business yeah our family name is a business in itself when you look at the chinese community they built dynasties off their name mm dynasties to the point where now America has to ask them for help yeah. and support Do you understand? Mm. because they understand ownership and the value of it and again and people were saying I watched a video the other day talking about the fact that with one of the things that's hurt in Africa is that we don't our, our, our debt is in, in other people's currency mm. the UK's debt is in pounds America's debt is in dollars Africa's debt is in dollars yeah this is mad and so the more we the more we owe the more the value of our money goes down mm. The UK can print money all day long, and look, only because they made silly mistakes with the budget have they really seen the pound fall. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so, what I'm saying is, is that ownership has to be something that we have to think about. Mm. Yes, there's a cost of living crisis, but everyone's going through it. Like, I can give you tips on, you know, or maybe you know, t- don't put the heating on, or 
useful draft proofing or but all of this is all going to just get us through the next 18 months i want us to get through the next 18 years the next next 20 mm. years the next i want us i want our kids to sit down and and look back and say wow mm. our generation did stuff that took us to the next level to things that are normal mm. and so actually let's look at this time where and we can see what well, even even people with jobs are struggling how do we make sure? Because remember, if mid- white middle-class people are struggling now, mm. that's who we are trying to get to. Where they are is where we're trying mm-hmm. to be. And so what do we need to do to make sure that if this thing happens again, we're in a better place? Mm. So again, interesting that you say all that. So given, obviously, we are in a cost of living crisis. So just for our listeners or viewers, I mean, how are people's wages being affected by inflation at the moment? You know, what what... How is that impacted on people from your perspective? It's impacted people hugely. Mm. I think you look at it from, it's, you're getting hit everywhere. So I sit down with people and I mean, people that are earning decent income mm. and they're not, there's not, they're not doing nothing crazy. They still got no money. Mm. And when I say no money, yes, they might have the odd hundred pound or 200 pound left over. But when you're earning three, four, five, six grand a month, combined into the household after tax mm. and all you can save is three four hundred pounds that's crazy yeah do you know what mm. i mean and so what happens is is that we need to again one of the big problems for us is that when you're young you get your first job you think you can spend all the money that you make because what have you got you got your phone bill mm. maybe your parents are maybe you're giving a hundred pound two hundred pound to your parents or whatever the rest of the money is yours mm. that's it's not it's not reality no. So you get used to you get used to being able to spend eighty percent of your paycheck. When the reality is is that when you get when you now leave your parents' home, fifty percent, forty, fifty percent of your paycheck is just gonna go on go on rent or mortgage. Do you know what I mean? And then by the time you do council tax, all of that type of stuff, then by the time you pay food, then you decide to have kids. You know how we are. We just be having kids, not thinking about the finances. You know, leave it to God. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's <laughs> you provide. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? This is, this is real talk. Yeah. It sounds funny, but we really move like this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then what happens is, is that I've got people who, you know, ninety percent of their of their money is gone on outgoings. Mm. When you can only save ten percent of your income, do you know what I mean? It's gonna take. And then you think about how are we spending that? We've got pension. We've got property. We got maybe maybe you want to you want to maybe and then now you want to send your kids to private school. If you can't send them to private school, you want to do tutoring. All of a sudden, now you're getting into debt. Mm. We are one of the few communities that are very comfortable being in debt. Being in debt to us is nothing. I think we've come from not having much, mm. and also we've been pushed the debt thing as in it's okay. You can make look look at buy now pay later. Mm. It's like this big phenomenon. Like it's really, it's really big. Like everybody's using it. I hope we've been, they've been doing us buying our pay later for, for years. We've been taking out small loans or loans and paying it back over time and being in, being in debt has been normal, been normalized to us for, for long. It's only now that buying our pay later has made it out to the, to this young masses and the young people are just like, yo, wow, this thing's great. Not knowing that we've already come from this, like, and we're trying to get out of this. And so what happens is, is that we've come from a place where we have, robbed our future self hmm. we have lived robbed, like you're you're doing, making decisions for today because your income is not enough that are going to affect you tomorrow hmm. so when you get paid tomorrow you can't enjoy the money you're getting tomorrow because you spent it yesterday and yeah. it's, we have to get out of that cycle people took like yes debt is, can be used for good for me I only use debt when I can, when it can make me money or save me money hmm. If it can make me money, like I'm gonna use it. If I can buy something on a on a zero percent credit card, sell it, and then make a profit, and then pay them back and keep the profit, pay no interest. Excellent. Mm. If I can, if I can, if I know I'm gonna go on holiday, rather than me just save each month for the next six months and then go and buy my holiday, it's more expensive. I can I can put that on a credit card now and get it at a cheaper price now, and still do the same saving on a zero percent credit card. Mm. We can start to use these things. In fact, people don't even use credit card enough. You've been you buying stuff on your on your on your debit card, getting zero nothing mm. for it. When you could have put it on a credit card and got points and got rewards mm. in your favorite spending on the on your favorite things. We're not even using the thing correctly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But you will use it to you will use it to buy go to for wedding. Do you know how much? I look at my mom sometimes. I'm like. How many of these things will you buy? Mm. Like, 
you've got different gale, different rapper, different material for in different colours. Mm. Mm-hmm. But when you go, why are you leaving? Is this is this is this your legacy? Gale, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, no, it's true. No, it's it's true. It's true. And I think it's interesting the, the point you made about kids as well. Obviously, you're you're a dad. I'm a dad, and you know, with everything that's going on at the moment, I mean, how how are you kind of educating your children? Because I was, I know, like you you said earlier on about you know when like when your uh, your kid's uh, PE kit was messed up, you just sewed it up and just like yeah, here you go, come you know. But how are you kind of explaining what's going on and you know? Do you, do you kind of have that power of no as well? So do you tell your kids no, even though you, you probably could say yes? I think my, my wife is very Nigerian. So she was born in Nigeria. Okay. So she, she no matter how successful we are in life, she can't get out of the system. Mm-hmm. Like, I, sometimes my wife will say no to my kids and I'll be like, why did you even say no? She's like, I don't know. It just it just sounded like the right thing to say. Mm-hmm. Even, if, even when we can afford... Sometimes I have to say, no, it's okay, guys, you can... She's just so used to saying no, because she comes from that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's about understanding the balance, because at the same time, I've been able to be successful mm. and have the hunger because I didn't have. And sometimes what we don't want to do is give our kids everything and not give them, give them you know, the critical thinking, yeah. not give them the hunger, desire to do better. Mm-hmm. Make them feel like, well, I don't need to worry because, of, you know, mum and dad have got me. How long are we going to look after them? Yeah. To what age? When, you know, the average person is buying houses late 30s. Mm. So it's going to be with us in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, that, is, that what, is that going to be the new norm? Your kids are going to stay with you for the... Do you understand? Yeah. So for me, with my kids, our shopping list, I empower them. Listen, these are the things you buy. What do you want to buy this week? This is your budget. Mm-hmm. What do you want to buy this week? I empower them. Oh, um, in regards to what are the, what are the meals that you want to have this week? Because one thing with kids, so I've got four kids, just to, just to, I've got four kids. Mm-hmm. So one thing with kids, yeah, they understand is fair. I will hear this in my house. It's not fair. Mm. It's not fair. Kids quickly understand the concept of fair. Yeah. So when you start to empower them and say, look, these are what meals do you want to have? And they agree as a unit, these are the ones you're going to select. When they now come, you know, kids, oh, I don't feel like that. The, I don't even need to say anything. The other one will say, but we agreed. We had a meeting. We agreed. And they understand the actually, no, I did agree. So I'm gonna to have to eat this mm. because I was a part of it. I haven't I wasn't forced. Yeah. We had a conversation, we had an agreement, mm-hmm. and so forth. And what happens is there's less wastage. One of the things that I've had to do now in this cost of living crisis cause is snacks. I don't know about you, but can I have a snack? My goodness. Oh my goodness. Nah. And so we had to have a snack chart. Yeah. You have, to, you have to start putting it. No, you can't just be going there unlimited snacks. This is not. This is not like some cinema pass or something. These, oh, these need bruv, to be limited, bruv, because the cost is unbelievable. I felt it during the summer, man, because I was just like, yeah, summer holidays. Kids are at home. Yeah. If you're not going out, you got food. You're obviously you're consuming more than you normally would, and obviously half term is coming up as well. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, you, you can't be doing them. More. <laughs> we, should, we, should want, we should want to teach them the value like so my kids I encourage them like you know like my wife makes cakes mm. so I encourage them if you if you make some cakes with mummy and then you you know you go and sell it to your friends at school or you go and sell you go and do something mm. entrepreneurial I'll you know what I mean I'll either I'll either double whatever profits you make or I'll cut your costs so whatever you make you can keep it's all yours do you know what mm. I mean it's like actually what are we doing to encourage them to do mm-hmm. more? Okay, rap content. I make money from content. Mm. Get my kids, let's make some content. What What are you thinking about? What are the skills that we can... Because it's not going to come to you. Mm. It's not, No matter how big my network is, I've got an amazing network. Mm. Luckily, Jim, I've met some amazing people. So whatever my kids want to be, you know, I'll have a content. Mm. I can't force them. They're going to have to be in an interview. I can't sit next to them in the interview and tell them what to yeah, say. Yeah, of course. I can't force them to create eye contact. I've got to teach them these things from now. Mm. I've got to empower them from now. And so for me, it's vital that we start to really shape what type of children do we want? Because I, I'm, I'm honestly, I met too much spoiled kids. We're spoiling our kids rotten. Yeah. And that's not where we came from. That's not, we didn't get successful being spoiled. And I understand we don't want our kids to suffer. Like some of the things we've been through and seen, we shouldn't have seen them. We had to grow up too early. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But let's not go completely the other way. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. No, this is, this. honestly, this is, uh, you know, hopefully, and I'm sure it has been, you know, kind of 
inspiring for people to hear, especially like your journey. Well, one last question I want to ask you before we wrap yeah. up is obviously we're in this kind of cost of living crisis. So what money saving tips would you give to people at this time to kind of try and make the money go a bit further than it is at the moment? What would you say? I think the biggest thing is is, is be savvy. Like, we're going to have to spend money. To live, mm. the world works on money. We're going to have to spend money. Be savvy about how you're spending it. So, for example, um, think about, do you have to drive? Mm. Do you have something like carpooling? That's something that we need to... They do in America a lot. That's something that we got to start thinking mm. about. Do you have people that live around you that, work, that go in the same direction as you? Can you share that cost of, of fuel? In regards to, you know, getting your boiler checked to make sure it's up to date. Make it bleed your radiators mm. so your house warms up quicker. Put it on a timer. Don't don't switch your heating on manually. That's one of the biggest mistakes. Because yeah. it takes so long for you to realise, right, this house is too hot. By the time you've realised it's hot, it's already too hot. Mm. You you switch it off and now you're now you're opening windows to cool down and now you're cold again. And it's all just it all just doesn't mm. make sense. So think about what times is it going to be cold? Oh, maybe two in the morning. Okay, we've got that. Okay, the kids wake up this time. Let's make sure that, you know, it comes on for a burst at that time. Do you know what I mean? And and test it out. But don't just switch your heating on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In regards to think about think about your meals. Plan. Have a list. Do you know how many people go to, go to the supermarket without a list? I've got it in my head. No, you don't need to have it in your head. It is 2022, you know? Like, we've got so many apps, so many, yeah. like, use them. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Split your accounts. Don't have all your money in one account. It's one of the biggest mistakes people make. Don't shop when you're hungry. Do you know? I don't know about you. If you have you ever been to a supermarket when you're hungry? It's, you it's, the worst, the it's the worst thing because you're like, you're just picking anything because you just want to eat something. So you're not, like, your mindset is not, you know, it's not there because you're just like, whatever I want. And then you end up, you come out of it, you're like, why did I just spend 30 quid on exactly on, on nothing yeah. on nothing and then be, don't be loyal to these supermarkets one of the worst things you do is oh I'm I only shop in Tesco I, uh, who told you this <laughs> and you were like look at what you've got on your list go online and look around and see who's got what you want you might find that okay this week it's actually cheaper for me to go to Asda and Lidl do you know mm. what I mean yes it might be a little extra effort but actually it might save you a bit and what I want people to understand is the small savings. Don't feel like there's just this one trick and you're going to save £100 a week. It doesn't work like that. It's the small changes that you make mm. that add up over time to make a big difference. And so it's about being savvy. That's where we need to be at. Be savvy. You know, if you do want to go out, look at what you can do. The other day, me and my wife, you know, we've got four kids. It's not easy to go out. No. <laughs> we, take, we take the kids to the movies and, you know, it's, it's £100. By the time you, they all get their little box yeah, or, yeah. and then by the time you pay the tickets, it's £100. We literally did a movie night, paid for the movie that they wanted to watch, that dog, animal, whatever, Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. DC Super yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, on, it, was on, it was on Sky. We paid for it on Sky. We put the kids there, bought popcorn, less than £10. The kids loved it. Mm. Me and my, my wife come in with the lights, checking their tickets. Do you know what I mean? Made little They made their own, designed their own mm. little tickets. Remember, all of these things take time. That quiet, you can work and make money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes we've got to be finding ways to occupy these kids. They made made little tickets. Everyone had their own little role. You know, we went around, did the lights, we put it on, the film came on, everybody, everyone was happy, finished. You know how much times I take the kids to the cinema, I pay £100 and they fall asleep? <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. It's painful. Like, but these are the things. It's like, yes, you want to live. Yes, you want to. But it doesn't mean sometimes these kids love walks. You go on walks. They go through the park, up the leaf, mm. throw leaves everywhere, do stuff. We jump, we race, we do. It's all free. Mm. It's cost nothing. Mm. So don't feel like you must go to Legoland. I've been there, I've wasted my money. I'm never going again. Waste my money <laughs> in Legoland. The queues are crazy. The kids are complaining. Why is taking so long? Mm. Now they're crying. You can't get a refund. I, you just want to get out yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? So it's about being savvy mm. with your money. And, and I want people to really think about what can you share? We come from places, if you can buy in bulk, buy in bulk. Mm. Go to the market with your friends, buy in bulk and then split it up. You're going to save money. Yeah, Costco for me. I'm lucky I live near, yeah. I live near Costco. So it's just like, yeah, the amount of money, I know like because we consume a lot of chicken uh, in the house yes. and like, 
you know, my wife especially likes using chicken thighs, like the boneless ones. Yeah. So I think we went to the butchers the other day and literally we bought like a tray. I think it's like £30 for the tray. That was about six weeks ago. Still, still running. But if I was Come to on. go to the supermarket, I'm spending um, about five, six pounds for the smaller tray. A little bag. Yeah, little a bag. Little bag little so, so I think, no, I think definitely there is definitely savings to be made uh, across the board. But Emmanuel, I just want to say, you know what? Huge thank you for coming on to, to the podcast today. Honestly, I feel like we could talk for hours about this, uh, you know, because, yeah. But I think one thing that I would say I've taken away from this very much is about being savvy with your money, you know, being savvy with what you have at the moment. Obviously, you know, it's a massive cost of living crisis that we're going through uh, right now. Everyone is going through it. What can we do to kind of try and uh, help ourselves a lot better? You know, being savvy about where we shop, being savvy about when we shop and, you know, how we're doing it. And the other thing I kind of take away from this is about legacy and kind of legacy building. And us as a community, what are we doing to kind of ensure our legacy for the future? So remembering what our parents experience, what we're going through now and what do we want for our children and our future grandchildren to go through? So, yeah, so that's that. But anyway, thank you very much for listening to the Dope Black Dads podcast. Please check us out on all the normal social medias, Insta, Twitter. I don't believe we have a TikTok. I need to speak to people about that. I think we should probably get onto that platform as well. Uh, obviously on Spotify and YouTube. Check out Emmanuel, you know, go up, hit him up on Twitter, on Instagram. He's there. He's doing moves. He's making big things. And from a fellow East Londoner, it is so great to see, you know, a man making them kind of moves. And you know what? Getting to chill with Phil and Holly uh, on this morning, doing your thing on Channel 4. I love it, bro. Yeah. I'm absolutely loving it. So thank you so much, King. Really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thanks a lot, guys. And we'll catch up with you soon. Dope Black Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.